your eyes closed this morning, one of the attributes of Jesus when he walked the earth is he couldn't seem to stay in the same place, that there was need and there was a disease or brokenness without doing something about it. And it says continually throughout the Bible that he healed all of their sicknesses, he healed all of their diseases, crowds of people. He went through the crowds one at a time, touching and healing. And if we believe that the presence of God is here this morning, we must believe that He's here to touch and heal and set free and break through in our lives as well. So I'm not sure exactly what you're going through, but why don't you, if you're in some sort of need of God this morning, why don't you lift your hands to Him? And just in a way of acknowledging, God, I'm one of those people need a breakthrough in the midst of this crowd. We thank you that you are here in our midst. By your Spirit, you are here in our midst. And I pray that each and every person uniquely, you would touch their life right now, whether it's their physical body, whether it's a financial need or stress, maybe it's a loved one. Lord, I pray in the uniqueness of the every moment, you can bring the miracle, bring the touch of heaven. You did it time and time again, walking the earth. You did it to crowds of people. Holy Spirit, come and do it now, we ask. In Jesus' name, I just release faith in this atmosphere. Faith to move the hand of the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Let's just stay here for a moment. Come on, keep pressing into Him. We believe in You, Jesus. We believe in You, God. We're not here alone. We're not fighting this fight alone. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Full of fresh on every heart and every body and every person in this place this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Just release your anointing right now, Lord. Release your anointing. I break shackles, chains that hold people down, tie people back. Thank you for your anointing. It's like oil poured over the head of Aaron running down his, his body. It's the oil. And Lord, we pray that oil in this atmosphere over each and every person here in this house this morning. And you may, may be here with a stubborn need. You may be here with something that you haven't been able to break through in so long. And you've come to the point where you really, to be honest, you stop believing that God wants to heal you from that. I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know all the answers, but I believe He can do it this morning. And I choose to believe that He wants to do it this morning. Why don't you, if that's you, agree with me? I'm here with you. Let's, uh, let's join our faith together. Lord, we pray for these stubborn things that have been hanging around our life for far too long. May this morning be the morning that the power of them is broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believe it in faith this morning. If it's a physical ailment in your body, while we go through the rest of the service, I want you to sort of just move it, test it. I want you to be in faith for the next half an hour that that thing that you've had in your life can be removed by the end of this service. Amen? Amen. Thank you for your presence, Lord.
We love it when you come to church. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? God is good, amen? God is good. Good morning, everybody, that I haven't said hello to yet. Welcome to church. There's no one in the front row, so I'm going to come another meter. David, I don't know why we bother putting this front row out, mate. But, uh, then that would be the front row and everyone would move back a row. Yeah, it's for the angels' gadge. Welcome, Dan. You been in church all morning? Just walking in? I, uh, I loved what Dan shared this morning. Um, about first fruits, he introduced us. This is for the next four weeks. You're going to hear a lot about first fruits. You're going to hear a lot about money. If you don't like the talk of money in church, don't come for the next four weeks. You're welcome to stay at home because if you're challenged by the thought of it, let me encourage you to come and open up your heart to God and let Him bring a message to you. But uh, Dan's excited, and I'm quite excited too. I was working with a fellow this year. Uh, he was helping to build my house and work side by side with him for a few months every day. And, um, and we share, I didn't know him before the build, but uh, we share a mutual friend. You know, on Facebook, it tells you mutual friends. And uh, anyway, a mutual friend of ours is a guy that he used to play football with. He's a young pastor, about my age, is leading a church down in Bega. Some of you would know Jacob. You know Jacob. And, uh, and, and Jacob put a um, post out on his Facebook earlier this year, um, he, it was called 40 in 40 days, you know, 40K in 40 days, and they were a new church, small church, and they were looking to um, hire a building and fit it out, and they needed $40,000. So they put, a, put it out there on Facebook, as you do, to say, we're raising $40,000, and our goal is to do it in 40 days. Anyway, this mutual friend of ours, who's completely unchurched, is working with me every day, said, did you see what Jacob wrote last night? Yeah, I saw what Jacob wrote last night. Why? And he said, $40,000. He's not going to get $40,000. Who's going to get $40,000? For what? For church? He's not going to get $40,000. He was laughing at it. And I said, of course he'll get $40,000. What? You, you think he'll get $40,000? He'll get $40,000 easy. No problem. No way. 40 days come and go. And they got, I think, $41,000 came in. <laughs> And, uh, and it was pretty cool, and it was, um, I had a nice conversation with that bloke the next day. And it was, it was really cool just to see that um, uh, where there's vision, people respond to it, and they can see that God is in it, and then they open up their heart, and they often open up their wallet to, to be a partner in God. Remember, we learned about being a partner with God. And, uh, and so they did that this year, and hats off to them, good on them, God bless them. And, um, but it reminded me, I didn't tell him our story at the time. I may do that. And three years ago, we stood up here and we started a building pro program. We started a, an annual first fruits offering once a Sunday, uh, one Sunday in the year, which is coming up on the 11th of March uh, this year. And, and annually, we thought we'd raise a, a, an offering for the Lord. And the first one, we had a goal of $30,000. You remember that? This is going back three years now. It's our third year running. And, uh, and, and um, God brought in $33,000 that year, which is cool. Blew the expectation and the nerves settled. And I was like, oh, God, you are really in this. That's good. It's not just me making stuff up. 
And then the next year we felt challenged by God. We thought, well, people have given their money, God. They've got nothing left. You know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be asking for that much again. But we felt of God to, to raise our expectations and raise our faith. So we set a benchmark of $50,000. All right, God, we're going to go for $50,000. I don't know how we're going to do this. Church hasn't seemed to grow in the last year, but let's just see what happens. And last year we raised $67,000 through an annual once-a-year offering, which is amazing. So that's, that, basically, that's double the year before. And so I'm in a funny position this year. <laughs> but, um, but I believe in God. It's not up to me. It's not up to us. But it's something in the area of faith that we just put out there. And, um, and God does the work that this year, all right, we'll go with the flow and we'll double that again. So we're going to go for $120,000 this year. And uh, that's exciting. You're still excited? Dan's not as excited. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's no way, Lord, there's no way $120,000. You're dreaming. There's not a chance. I got, a, I, I, I got a message, I got a call from somebody in the church early on this year before we started promoting First Fruits, and they were in contact with somebody else that had a, a sum of money that they wanted to donate towards our building project. We hadn't even started promoting it. Sure, okay, here's the bank details, let's just see what comes in. A deposit of $50,000 came into our account. I haven't told you this yet, I was saving it for this week. $50,000 was deposited in one go at the start of this year towards. And it was a reminder to me again that we don't have to have the answers. We just need to live in a realm of faith to give God room to move. Amen? So 50 of the 120 has come in already. We still have a goal of another $70,000. And honestly, we haven't even put it out there yet. It's just been an in-house thing so far, hasn't it? And um, so I, with Dan, am very excited about this year. This is going to be a milestone year for the church, and it's going to be so exciting to watch God move. So be a part of it. Partner with God. Open up your heart. If you're you know, married couple, single, you're at home in your quiet time, just open up your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, how would you like me to partner with this? There is no pressure, absolutely no pressure. The Bible talks clearly about if, you're, if you have much, then, then be in the position to give. If you don't, then it may not be your time. There's no, no pressure, but just live in the realm of faith, if I can encourage you to live in that realm. Amen? I have a message for you this morning. Uh, it's not completely on money, although it is in here. And, uh, and I want you to open up your heart to this message. So why don't you close your eyes? Lord, we pray for the next 20 minutes now that you would speak to our hearts. We're open to you. We know you're about your business doing an amazing thing this year. And we want to be open and a part of it. So speak to our hearts this morning. Bypass our mind. Speak right down deep, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to speak to you this morning. The title of this is The Principle of the Portion. The Principle of the Portion. I want to take the next 15 minutes to show you the principle of God about the portion that belongs to Him. Often in church life, we struggle with 
issues of finances and of, of issues of tithing. Some people cringe at that word and, 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 and believe it's an, it's an Old Testament thing, it's a law thing. And, and there's certain things in our Christ, how we live our Christian walk now in a modern-day church where we struggle with whether it's of this covenant or of the past covenant, whether it's of now or of the past, whether it was had its day and it's finished and all that kind of thing. I'm going to show you that God does not work like that. God is the same. It says yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen? So there's something of God that continues on. It's the principle of God that was there before, during, and after and will not change. If we can get our head around the principles of God as opposed to the rules and the laws of God, you will understand God how he was meant to be understood. Amen? I'm going to show you this morning that that is the principle of the portion and tithing and all these other areas, first fruits giving, are all wrapped up in the principle of giving a portion of everything we have to the Lord. Amen? Genesis, right in the beginning. Adam's in the garden. I'm going to show you this principle starts right back then, goes throughout the law of the Old Testament, through the New Testament, into the current day. Adam, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 says this, Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right, you with me? You got this picture? Two trees in the center of the garden. Genesis Chapter 2, verse 15, so skipping a few verses, it says this, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat of every fruit. You may, sorry, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you will surely die. And the rest is history, right? We know what happens. Interesting that before any sort of rules, before any sort of guidelines come in place, the very first, possibly the first day where it all comes together, man placed into creation, the only guideline, the only principle that the Lord has given him to this point is it's all yours except for that one tree that's mine. Interesting in that, that human nature always wants what we can't have. Think of these, think, I mean, we're in a fallen world now. Before it was fallen, imagine the fruit back then. Imagine the, the produce growing off the trees and now the plants. It just would have been amazing, amazing. And God said, you can have it all. And that's still the same voice speaking over your life, you know, even today. You can have it all. I've made it all for your enjoyment, except for that portion, that's mine. Now, did God need a tree? He doesn't need a tree. He can create a tree anytime he wants, but he needs in everything that he makes. He needs to put something there and say, it's not yours, it's his, and he likes to see what happens. 
He likes to see it, what unfolds. And it happened way back then. Let's skip forward. Like I want to get through the whole Bible, and I've got like 12 minutes. We're going to skip forward a bunch of centuries to Moses, right? Here's Moses uh, in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 9. It's the, this passage is titled, The Celebration of the First Harvest. This is where we get the first teaching on the first fruits. It's the celebration of the first harvest. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you, and you harvest its first crops, Bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of the grain of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord so it may be accepted on your behalf. On that same day, you must sacrifice a one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consistent of four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must also offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This is the introduction of the principle of the first fruit offering. So he's speaking to farmers. He's speaking to people that live off the land. It was the the main currency of the day would have been produce, swapping and trading and working hard for it. And he says at the start of the harvest, you know, like springtime when everybody thinks they're a gardener because flowers come up and you go, look at my work all year. No. That's just the only time I think I can do something in the garden, springtime when it happens without me. (laughs) But at the start of the harvest, he said, gather in the first crops and dedicate that to the Lord. You know how hard a thing that is for somebody that's been waiting all year for harvest to come around? And God says, no, no, that first crop, that's mine. I'm going to see what you do with it. I'm going to leave it with you. Leave the ball in your court. We had a guy back in a church that I grew up in, in Wollongong. He started out a, a, a hydroponic tomato business. He, he had a farm and he built this big greenhouse and was growing hydroponic tomatoes. And I remember it's, this principle stuck in my mind since this day because he felt from God that he was supposed to bring his first fruits as an offering to the Lord. So one year he asked the, the leadership, can I do this in church? And after church we had an auction. He brought in boxes full of beautiful tomatoes, and he auctioned them off, and he gave the finances. I don't, do you remember where he gave the finances? They were probably some sort of mission work or something, but he gave it to the Lord as an offering. And it was just such, I mean, I mean, it's just an illustration, but it's something that I saw in the natural and has stuck in my mind. So this is clear. This is easy for me to understand. He had invested $30,000 into that business. I remember him building the greenhouse. I remember the, 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 the figure he told me. It cost him $30,000 to set the whole thing up. His first time he gets to make some money and he gives it to the Lord as an offering. Now that business was blessed and I, I didn't, don't keep in contact with him now and I'm sure he's doing very well. But that was just an illustration of what they went through back in the day 
where they brought their first to the Lord. All of their first presented it to the Lord. Not because it was a rule, but because it's a principle of God that a portion belongs to him. You with me? Let's skip forward a bit further. Still in Leviticus, Numbers chapter 3, verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have chosen the Levites. See, I'm going to show you that this is a principle of God, not just an issue of money. The Lord said to Moses, look, I have chosen the Israelites from, uh, sorry, the Levites from among the Israelites to serve as a substitute for all the firstborn sons of the people of Israel. The Levites belong to me, for all of the firstborn males are mine. On that day, I, on the day I struck down all the firstborn sons in, in, in Egypt, in, of the Egyptians, remember that? With, um, um, yeah, Joseph. I set apart for myself all the firstborn in Israel, both of people and of animals. They are mine. I am the Lord. Very strong, very clear. Here is a nation, one of the, sorry, a tribe out of the 12 tribes, one tribe, the Lord says, they are mine. The other 11, do as you will, go and flourish, fill the earth, subdue it, multiply, all that kind of stuff. Do whatever you do, but that one tribe out of the 12 are mine. They're not going to work, you're all going to support them. They're going to serve me in the house. You're all going to support them, make that work. This is how God had the plan. It's not about finances, but it's about everything that he creates. He leaves something in there and says, it's off limits to you. It's his. And I got shivers when I read, they are mine. I am the Lord. All right, I won't, I won't push, push my luck. I'll just believe you, God. Let's skip forward another 500 or so years. We'll just get to Solomon. Proverbs chapter 3, and Dan read this this morning. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part, or the original translations say, with the first fruit. That's what Dan used this morning. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part, or the first fruits of everything you produce. Everything you produce. Then your barns will be filled with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, don't fall back into that human nature that we saw of Adam wanting what he couldn't have and forgetting what God has given them. See, in the midst of this principle, if we let God have what he has desired for himself, if we let him have his portion, you know, as much as we focus on the letting God have of the portion, of the, how hard that is, sometimes we forget the benefit that comes with it. So that your barns will be filled with grain, your vats of wine will overflow. Now, we all want that, but we don't want to leave God his portion. And he's saying, no, no, this is why I've left this key in all of creation, so that you could access my blessing. By leaving me my portion. You understand? You're going to be all right for this kind of preaching for four weeks? We'll see who comes back next week. Wayne's had enough. He's off. God bless you, Wayne. Okay. 
Let's skip forward in the Bible because I've got about six minutes to go. Malachi, so right near the end of the Old Testament, almost one of the very last things written before 400 years of silence before Jesus returns, right? Malachi chapter 3, you've heard this many times, but I just think it's, it's brilliant that it's right at the end of this old covenant when you think it would be wrapping up. And he says stuff like this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. You understand what that means, right? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse being the gathering, the local. In today's day and age, it's the church. Bring all the tithes into the church. That there will be food in my temple. That the house of God would have something to offer. If you do, I love it. This is his real heart. His real heart isn't to imply a rule and a... And a principle, hey, do this. But his real heart is this. Because if you do that, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out such a blessing, so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insect and disease. Your grapes will not fail from the vine, uh, fall from the vine before they are are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This is real heart, is to bless us abundantly. And we struggle with that sometimes, the receiving of the blessing. But it's just the flip side of the coin of sacrifice, is the blessing of God. Let's get used to it. Let's get comfortable with it. I would like to receive the blessing more and more. Absolutely. So if I haven't convinced you yet that this is not about a law but a principle of God, let's take it into the new covenant. Let's take it into the New Testament. Let's see how Jesus kept implying this same principle. Now, I'm going to stop talking about money because it was not about money. It was just about having the, a portion of, some, of everything is his. And Jesus kept this principle going right through his walk here on earth. His focus became on the individual, didn't it? Jesus started to focus on people. He started to focus on individuals, not a nation, but individuals. If there is a bit of you as an individual, if there was a bit of you that would fall into this principle of a portion belongs to the Lord, if there is a portion of you that belongs to you, the Lord, it's your heart. That's what he's after. That's the portion of you, of what makes up you, your life, your being, who you are. He is after your heart, so much so that he'll say that heart is mine. You can do whatever else you want. You can put whatever food, you can put junk food in your body for all I care. I mean, he wants you to live well, but he, he doesn't, it doesn't really affect your spiritual outcome, how we treat our natural body. But he's interested in our heart because the heart is what? The wellspring of life. It's where life flows from. We, we looked at that a few weeks ago. Remember that? It's the treasure inside of us that belongs to him. It's off limits to us. It belongs 
to him. And Jesus started to, to really expound. He started to show this nice and clear. In fact, in Matthew chapter 9, it was the call of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. Up to this point of my message, a lot of the time we can refer it to finances, you know, and the, and the portion belongs to. Well, that, in, in essence, that's a tax. Moses introduced a tax to the Israelites to provide for the Levites, you remember? So all of this stuff, you could substitute a lot of that principle for a tax, if you like. A tithe could have been like a tax. And here we have Matthew, a tax collector. And Jesus goes and calls him in Matthew chapter 9 and says this, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Left his tax booth. You got to get the importance of this. He left his tax booth where he was collecting taxes and he followed Jesus. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many other tax collectors and other disrespectful disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want to show mercy. Sorry, let me get this right. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. He was speaking to the Pharisees who knew the law. They skipped over the principle and the personality of God and went straight to the law and what it says, what to do, what to offer, the sacrifices to bring, all that kind of stuff. And Jesus said, you need to stop with the sacrifices and offer mercy. To others, start living out of your heart. Same principle, just a different topic, just a different issue in life. Jesus was after their heart. It says in a few chapters later, Matthew 15, chapter 17, he's having another argument with the Pharisees. He would have loved it. The Pharisees were challenging him because his disciples weren't washing their hands before they ate which was their tradition and their custom. There was probably reason for it. And he said, why don't they challenge, why don't they, why don't they wash their hands? It's our custom to do this. And Jesus turns to them and he says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, when he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands of God. I'm not here this morning to, to bring a man-made idea of a way of raising money to build a building. I'm here to say this is a principle of the nature of God that you can be a part of if you wish. Don't harden your heart to what he's wanting to do in your life. Because ultimately, he's not wanting to use you to build a church building. He's wanting to bless you if you respond to being used by him. 
Remember, he wants your vats to be overflowed. He wants, he wants your grain to be spilling out. He wants you to taste the delicious fruit of the trees all around you. You hear him in this morning. You're a little bit quiet. Okay, thank you, Sarah. And I'm going to close with this one. We get to the end of the book, Revelation. We've gone through, and honestly, I've just skipped through and found a few illustrations that came to mind. But there are many. You go right through. There's the teaching on, on the Sabbath. I mean, even Paul uses that. He says, people forget. People have forgotten to gather together, but don't be like that. You know, stay true to this principle of keeping the Sabbath holy. It's a principle. It's not a law. It was even in place before man was created. You think about uh, in creation, God worked six days and then he rested. This is before any sort of law. Hundreds of years before the law was introduced by Moses is a principle of God. There was a portion and that's that seventh day. It was God's day just to rest and to take in his own goodness, which is what we do today. I mean, Paul taught that there's a portion of your day, a portion of your day should be offered to the Lord every day. He's giving you 24 hours. Let me encourage you, give one of those to God. 23 days, uh, 23 hours that are blessed by God because one was given to him as a portion will be so much more productive than 24 hours to yourself. I promise you. The firstborn males, I mean, we touched on that in one of the scriptures. Think about the temple that was built. The Holy of Holies was the place no one else could come. It was for God. It's his. You can have the rest, but that's mine. So we're going to finish here with Revelation. Uh, I might get the music team up, please, because I've run out of notes. Is that exciting, Wayne? That's exciting. That means biscuits aren't too far away, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. We started in the book of Genesis in the garden with all the delicious fruit and the trees and the abundance, right? God said, not that one in the middle. That's mine. We're going to finish in Revelation. Revelation chapter 2 was written, the first portion to the church of Ephesus. You know, this is where he's judging and complimenting the churches on what, what they did well and what they haven't done well. Let me remind you, you, you've probably heard this before, but the church of Ephesus was the one that did a great work and, and didn't stand for certain things that were evil. But the one thing that they he does have against them is what? That they lost their first love. They lost their first love for him. And they were just going through the motions. They were working hard for him, but there was no heart because he's after the heart. He says this in verse 7, and this just would wrap this message up so nice and give you tingles down your spine like it did for me when I was preparing this. Remembering where we started in the garden, 
Revelation, when we get to verse 7, anyone with ears to hear must listen to, the, listen to the Spirit. This is after he's given them their judgment. Have ears to listen to the Spirit. Understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, or everyone who is successful in this, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Do you hear them? Do you hear those tingles? His original plan was to sit man in a garden and enjoy creation and spend time with them. The, the portion of his day was the cool of the evening at night, remember? when he'd, That was the portion given to the Lord. And it was beautiful and it was perfect. And God's desire was just to give him abundance and bless him and taste his fruit. It's amazing. And we go through right through the history of mankind. We find the last thing written in God's book is his desire once again to give you the fruit from the tree of life to bless you abundantly. May you understand his goodness. It's what his desire is. The principle he uses for us to obtain it is the principle of the portion which is left to him. Why don't you stand to your feet, close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Far out, God. You are so good toward us. And sorry for forgetting your motives. Often, God, we think you have these motives that are for everybody else, but not for us. That you just want to use and abuse, but you don't. You just show us principles that we can use to access your blessing. And I pray from the start of this four-week series on first fruits to every heart that is open and willing to bring a portion and set it aside for you, I pray that you would shower them with blessing. I pray that they would taste and see that the Lord is good. That they would not just hear other testimonies and other stories, but they would experience your goodness and your breakthrough. I pray for every single person seeking employment in this church. I do this every year around this time. That there'd be a breakthrough in Jesus' name. That you'd bless them in this area. For any of those struggling at their workplace and needing some changes in place, that you would bless them indeed. And they would see those changes needed. I pray for promotions in the name of Jesus. I pray that we'd start to become the head in our workplace and not the tail. That we'd start to be the front and not the back. All because we have entered into the principle of the portion. Bless this house, Lord. Bless this house, we pray. Bless this house, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It wouldn't be right for me to leave this message here with you just thinking about finances and sacrifice without hearing the point loud and clear that he's after our heart above all else. 
So why don't you just take a moment, dedicate your heart afresh to Him. Invite, invite Him in. The Bible talks about Him coming and making a home within us, residing in us. All you have to do, the Bible says, is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. He'll come and make a home in you. Thank you, Lord. sense something building. I sense the, the, the anointing of God building in this house. I'm, I'm, wanna, I'm along for the ride. Let me encourage you not to miss a week over the next four weeks. And let me encourage you, if you, you're not doing anything Thursday mornings, get along to the Bible study and hear about the goodness of God. If you've if you're got a quiet time in your morning, don't skip a day in these next four weeks. Like, really dedicate things to God because something is building in the spirit and an anointing is building in the spirit and, and, and I want you to catch it. Don't want anyone to miss out on it. Don't want anyone to miss out on it. When the children were crossing the Red Sea and again in the Jordan, the Bible takes the time to, to say that every single one of them crossed before the waters receded. The armies were taken out. Every single one of them crossed. And my heart is for every single one of us to go through this time and receive what God has got for us. Not anyone missing out. We're doing this together as a family. Amen. We're not leaving anyone behind. God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, you have a great week. Uh, join Wayne out there for a biscuit and a cuppa. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. God bless. We'll see you then. I'm going to hang out the front here. If anyone has any prayer needs, I'm happy to pray with you.